Welcome to the commute home. This is Derek. I'm in the studio right now, as usual, and Nick will join us shortly from his car. And uh, when I say studio, I want to be you know totally uh, honest with everyone, be transparent. When I say studio, what I really mean is I'm sitting in my freezing basement because I have to turn the furnace off whenever I record. And when I say my freezing basement, what I really mean is like a dungeon. It looks kind of dungeony down here, you know, completely unfinished basement. And to be even more specific, when I say I'm sitting in my dungeony, unfinished, freezing cold basement, what it really means is I'm sitting in front of my computer. My very, very expensive computer that I built years ago, and I'm surrounded by keyboards and mixing boards and guitars and basses and power amps and PA speakers, a whole nine yards, because I am a musician. I mainly play bass guitar, but I do a little bit of programming, a little producing, tiny bit of keyboards, tiny bit of guitar, a little bit of everything. So that's why I have a recording studio, or as you may say, a really fancy computer. And uh, it's been a really, really long journey, uh, and Nick's kind of curious about it. Nick wanted to hear about my life and how I got into music. So this week, we're going to get to know me a little bit better, and we're going to do Derek Joins a Band, Volume 1. And here we go. It's The Commute Home with Nick and Derek. This is Nick. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. Talk about some movies. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make The Commute Home. Hey, don't honk at me. So we've known each other, Derek, for over six years now, right? Uh, has it been that long? Yeah, it's been that long, man. I uh, I think you're right. Yeah, I've been up here for seven and a half years. So for the majority of that time, we've known each other mm-hmm. at least. And uh, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting because like growing up, you know, two things that people are in our generation always did was watch movies mm-hmm. and listen to music. Mm-hmm. And no matter who you are, at some point you think, I could be in the movies or I could be in a band. Mm-hmm. And, and you are the first person I have ever met, well, take it back, second person I have ever met that's been in a band. Never been as close to the other person. So okay. never, never had a podcast with them, so who gives a <laughs> fuck why they were in a band? Not cheating on me, huh? No, not cheating on you. Uh, so... Curiosity, and, and I've always wanted to talk to you about this, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but now officially via the commute home. I want to know, like, where did, you, how did you get there, man? Like, what, what are the beginnings? What are the middles? What are the ends? Like, how did you one day say, I'm gonna start a fucking band, and I'm gonna, and we're gonna make an album? Uh, I forgot to turn the bleep track on for you. You already dropped the an F bomb, man. <laughs> I did not. You're making stuff up. All right. Well, you'll hear it later. Uh. <laughs> that was only. Besides, that was last episode. I was really way be, well behaved last episode. Oh, you got to make up for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sir. How can you? How can you talk about rock and roll without f bombs, man? <laughs> Good point. Good point. So yeah. So uh, this this is the origin story of uh, Derek, bass player. Derek bass player. Got it. Yep. Uh, I like origin story, though. I think that's very comic booky. I like that. Yeah, I like that, too, man. That's, that's, 
That's metal. That's metal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let's go back to the beginning. All right, let's take it back. You were like four years old, right? You know, I don't know when it actually started. It's uh, my dad was in the music business. He's a guitar player, and you know, since you know he was in the music business and he's a music lover, he listens to everything. I grew up around music. I've got very clear memories of me like uh, hanging out at my dad's rehearsal spot, watching them rehearse every Friday night. Or I've got very vague memories of walking around the recording studio that my dad recorded in. I same thing. I've got vague memories of uh, my dad uh, recording a music video. So you know, I have all these memories of being around music and musicians. And my, my dad loved music, so I love music. Uh, I've got like these vague memories that, that I've been kind of like trying to bring back because I knew we were going to talk about this. And I really clearly remember like whenever I, I got in my dad's car, he had this Joan Jet cassette. And, you know, I'm like, you know, three years old, five years old, whatever. And uh, like I insist on him playing that cassette every single time we, we drive in his car. So is it like I love rock and roll? Yeah, I think it's that cassette. Excellent. It's funny. I went and I listened to that album recently. I love rock and roll. I like that song, but that wasn't the one I glommed onto. I can't find the song that I glommed onto, or I can't remember what it was. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Okay. And this was before the days of like mixtapes, right? Uh, again, I was so young. You know, I, I don't think I had a concept of what a mixtape was. Well, I mean, like, he didn't record like a bunch of Joan Jett songs he liked. You know what? I don't think he's ever once done a mixtape, now that you, know, now that you ask. <gasps> for, for him, it was always just blasphemy. Sets. Uh, so, uh, you know, we did that. And I remember when I was a little bit older, uh, my parents reminded me about this recently. I had this thing for John Cougar Mellencamp, and I listened to his cassette over and over and over and over. Oh, man. Music, music to my ears. John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. That's the, gr- that's the greatest. Uh, my wife thinks that that's my biological father, but that's a story for another day. So continue <laughs> on. <laughs> which album, though? Which, which, which Johnny Cougar album? Uh, the, the, the album with Jack and Diane on it. I, I glommed onto that. Um, for some reason, that song, I would listen to that song over and over and over. Little Diddy. Yes, wow. yes. American Fool. You know, and what's crazy about this is like all these albums that I glommed onto as a kid, I haven't listened to them since. <laughs> so I'm like, why did I? Really? Yeah, none of these. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Uh, you know, and the, and the other thing too is when I got a little bit older, I glommed onto Michael Jackson and uh, like I had Bad on vinyl and I had a couple of other, his other cassettes and I loved Michael Jackson as a kid. <laughs> So let, I, let me stop you right there real quick. So did you have a leather jacket and a rhinestone glove? I uh, Yes. 
No, you know what? I had a leather jacket, but it was like a big biker, like Harley leather jacket. From it was like a hand-me-down from my dad. And my okay. friend had had like a, like a sparkly glove that was the closest thing that we could find a rhinestone. And I was so jealous of a sparkly glove. Like I would try to like trade You're him like, for. Can it. I wear the glove? Yes. Yes. Exactly. I'll give you my Nolan Ryan rookie card for the sparkly glove. <laughs> Nice, but you know, you know. I think I tried to trade him. Uh, were uh, remember when McDonald's came out with those transformers that like that like they were like McDonald's items that transformed into robots? Yeah, I think I tried trading those for his glove. And he wasn't going for it. I think I got it actually. <gasps> I have no idea where it's at today. He was like, "No way, bitch! I'm Michael. <laughs> you be Tito." <laughs> but you know, so I'm hearing all this music that I liked. And I really like my dad's music, the stuff that he was making, you know, and, and he's a heavy metal guy. But, you know, you don't really hear heavy metal on the radio. back Even back then, you didn't really hear much of it. So is that the only type of music that your dad recorded that you remember was just heavy metal? No. So 80s, <laughs> 80s he kind of went through his commercial period. So he was doing some, okay. some more uh, commercial tunes at that time, but... And they, they were, you know, I, I thought they were cool. You know, my, my dad was doing them, so I liked them. But to this day, I like those songs, actually. But, you know, I think another part of it, too, was um, clothing back then. I mean, back in the day, every single person, or not every person, but every day, you'd see people wearing, you know, band t-shirts. And that, it's not like that anymore. Yep, yep. And, you know, and you, back then, you'd see a lot of heavy metal t-shirts. You know, you'd see a lot of, like, Iron Maiden with with Eddie on the cover, and you'd see, like, the... Icarus Led Zeppelin t-shirt and a lot of Metallica t-shirts. You'd, you'd hear all these, see all these t-shirts that looked really cool, had these really cool designs. And, and I got to say, dude, sorry to interrupt, but like I was never somebody that listened to heavy metal, but the, the band concert, the, the band t-shirts mm-hmm. for metal groups were the best, yes. hands down. Yes. The designs were phenomenal. So great. So, so you know, I got to this point where, you know, I'm hearing all these, or I'm seeing all these T-shirts, but I've never heard these bands. I never hear them on the radio. So, like, one Christmas, I decide, like, hey, can I start, like, a music collection of, like, heavy metal? So, for, for a Christmas gift one year, my dad gives me, like, this collection of cassettes of all these different heavy metal bands. So, I kind of learn, you know, what's out there and kind of start glomming onto what I like. Okay. Uh, and, you know, right away... Um, yeah, the two that kind of stuck out was Kiss. I was a huge Kiss fan at, at that time. Really got me Kiss. And the other one that I really got into, which my dad turned me on to, was Motorhead. Really, really liked Motorhead. So you went from Joan Jett to John Mellencamp to Michael Jackson to Motorhead. Yeah, I wouldn't say going to because I was listening to, to them all. Oh, nice. Like I got to the point where I was listening to like 80% of you know heavy metal, but I'd still listen to um, uh, like uh, Michael Jackson. Only for the ladies, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I like what I like. I can't explain it, but I like what I like. <laughs> got it. Got it. That's cool. That's cool. 
I still got Phil Collins on my freaking Spotify playlist. It's all, all good, right. man. Exactly. You know, if, if you think it's good music, <laughs> you think it's good music. I, I totally, Absolutely. I'm a proponent for that. But now, going back in the day, I don't remember why. I, I don't remember what, what, what my decision was, why I did this. But in preschool, I decided I wanted to learn my first, my first instrument. And I, I decided for some reason to play the drums. So, so drums was actually my first musical interest. Okay, so, so you, th- this musical uh, growth, right, where you're introduced to metal, to metal and to like bands like metal, uh, Motorhead. Now, did this happen uh, prior to the drum set or after the drum set? I think, I'm, I'm trying to piece it together in my head, I think it happened a couple years after the drum set. Okay, okay. So still like kindergarten, first grade-ish though. Uh, the, the, the tapes? Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds about right to me. So you're the only kid playing house with Kiss blaring in the, in, in the, in the background there. Boys play house? Dude, <laughs> didn't you play house? What? That's where you met all the chicks, man. What? <laughs> you know what? This is a difference I'm seeing in our upbringing. Uh, I caught on a little late when it came to that kind of stuff. Okay. All but right. like, all like right, when good. we talked about Titanic, cool. you know, when uh, when that movie came out, you you went and saw it a couple of times in the theaters with uh, with the ladies. For I did. me, like, because all the, all the girls in school was like, "Oh my god, Titanic!" Blah 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 blah. I wanted nothing to do with that movie. <laughs> got it. Got I had a it, negative okay. in, image of that movie without even seeing it. Got it. Okay. All right. We're we're on the same page now. So six years old. You're 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 bumping to metalhead, but going back a couple years before that, you got a drum set at around four. Yeah, somewhere around four or five. I know I know I was in preschool, and I, I remember we were still okay. in Crust Lake at that time. So, yes, so it was either first or second year of preschool, and uh, yeah, I, and uh, so I got it uh, Christmas morning. You know, it was a nice you know studio drum set with a uh, walnut finish on it. Beautiful looking set. And, you know, I, you know, of course, my dad got something, you know, real for me. or you know, Not like a plastic, you know, play thing. Uh, no, no Fisher Price. No, not at all. This is, this is the real deal. Uh, so I got it, and I have, like, zero mem- memories actually playing on the thing. Okay. I think I, think I learned, out, learned very, very young that, yeah, it's not that much fun to start playing an instrument. It's work, man. Now, did you ask for the drum set, or is this like your dad trying to influence you through music? No, no. My, my dad was very, very hands-off on getting me into music, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. So um, he was pushed and pushed and pushed very hard as a kid to become a great musician. And it's kind of like he saw what that was like and absolutely did not want to do that to his kids. That's good parenting. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, a lot of parents, they do the opposite of what their parents did because it didn't work for them. So it's like, like, did you see the movie Whiplash? Yes. Love that movie. It's a very good movie. It's a hard movie for my dad and I to watch. Because, because that's reality? That's reality. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig. Now, are you a rusher, or are you a dragger, or are you going to be on my fucking time? I'm going to be on your time. You know, my, my dad had a very similar experience to that when he was a kid. 
and me, I did not have that experience, but I had friends that had that experience. So your dad knew J. Jonah Jameson? I want Spider-Man! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> no, that so 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 your dad went through this period like growing up where it was like you have to be the best. And when he had a kid, he made them instead of, you know, doing the same thing to you, he made the the decision is like he's going to do what he wants to do and I'm going to stand behind him. I'm not going to force him to do something. Yeah, he, yeah, he gave me opportunities, exactly. Okay, good, good. Yeah, zero, zero push from him whatsoever. That's good. And in fact, this goes a little for, a little further on, but uh, in, in the future, uh, when I started, you know, getting into bass, he refused to give me lessons because he, he's like, eh, this could get weird. Like, like, you know, me being the teacher of my son, you know, doing this. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, are bad students when they start playing an instrument or they quit or anything like that. He didn't want that kind of weirdness between us. So he didn't want to get into that, into that side of things. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, my, my daughter has asked your dad to teach her to play music. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, this was eight years old, something like that. Yeah. And your, your dad has said, no, if you still want to play when you're older, come to me, but not, not at this age. He's like, I don't want to do that. Do you think that that's still his mindset that, like, he didn't want a relationship to get weird? No, I've actually talked to him about that. Okay, uh, with with your daughter, uh, she has. It looks like she had a legitimate interest in it, and, and still kind of does. It seems like. Okay. Uh, for him, it was hand size, uh, so her hands were tiny, mm. and and right. her hands could not properly cord a cord on, um, you know a cord on a guitar, and he's seen you know a lot of kids quit playing because they simply did not have the developed hands required to play guitar. Interesting. So, so when he said when when she's older, what he meant is when your hands get bigger. Very good. Because yeah, because if your hands are too small and you're trying to play guitar or or especially bass, you you, you have no chance. Absolutely no chance. Got it. So, so how long do you think the drum? So, because you said you had no recollection of actually, really no recollection of actually playing the drum. So, how long do you think that went on? What do you mean? Like, how long do you think that? You may have had the interest in the drums before maybe you graduated to something else or changed to something else. I think pretty quickly. Okay. I mean, you know, maybe in my entire life I spent two hours banging on them all together. So he got them for you for Christmas. By New Year's, you were on to something else. Well, you know, it's you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes there. I think it was that kind of thing. Got it, got it, got it. Because, I mean, drums are hard, man. I, you know, I, I would say, you know, from a rock and roll point of view, heavy metal point of view, drums are like the second hardest thing in the band, from my opinion. That's, I have zero rhythm, so I can't even do a drum roll without fucking tripping over myself. Yeah, for, for me. And that's with my hands. It's the fact that, that you have to have, you know, at least, you know, two hands and one foot kind of going independently uh, is what always kind of tripped me up. Got it. You know, I mean, that's just kind of like, because, you know, usually like for me, like my right foot wants to follow my right hand when I'm playing or or vice versa or something like that. And then trying to kind of break that up and say, okay, this hand's going to do this and then this hand's going to do that. But my foot is going to do that as that other thing. Eh, tricky, in my opinion. Never got that down. So if we fast forward, did you ever try to go back to the drums? No, nah, I don't think so. 
Okay. Just other than messing around a little bit here and there. <laughs> you know what? The, the only other time I remember kind of uh, working with that drum set is because of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent! <laughs> really? Yeah. You saw that and be like, hey, I got some of those. <laughs> that that movie came out, and I think I saw that with, with a, a friend that I grew up with, and we were like, we were walking out of the theater like, whoa, we should start a band. Yeah. Wild Stallions rule. <laughs> and the name of the band was Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so was that your first band? Was Excellent your first band? Excellent. At one point, we changed our name to Static Electricity, but it started off as being Excellent. Ooh, I like Static Electricity. That's good. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things like, like yeah, let's join a band. And then like we'd have this other friend, hey, you want to be in our band? Yeah. You want to be in our band? Yeah. So it's like, but no one knew how to play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got a drum set. Like, okay, cool. So we went to do our first rehearsal over at our friend's house. And, like, I brought, like, one cymbal and one drum from my drum set. Okay. And I brought it over to his house. And then no one else showed up. And What's up with a kazoo? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, man, no. And uh, this is going to be a reoccurring theme. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, warn you about that right now. What, people, like, not just not showing up? Yeah, I want to do it, but not show up. Or and it just not working, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, so how old, how old were you when you started uh, 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 static electricity or what whatever you said they were called? Oh, maybe second grade, third grade, somewhere around there. Oh man, you were fucking destined to this very young. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess so. <laughs> You'd be like, you be my John, and I'll be your Paul. Let's go. <laughs> Back then, I had no idea who the Beatles were. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, disregard. Let's paint our faces. <laughs> yeah, well, you're getting ahead of me, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Rewind. <laughs> so fifth grade, uh, I run into this kid that uh, he's a few years old, older than me, and uh, I guess his parents babysat me when I was like a, a baby, but I don't really I don't really remember him. Okay. Uh, but, you know, he and I start talking, and he's in a brand new band that just started up. And they get, he's a drummer. There's a couple of kids that play guitar. They got a singer. They're all ready to go. They don't have a bass player. Wait, and at what age is this again? I was in fifth grade. I think he was in eighth grade at the time because I know he was older than me. Oh, okay. Maybe he was in sixth and seventh. Yeah, I, I remember he was older. I just don't remember how much older. So for that year for Christmas, I, I asked for a bass guitar so I could join this band. Okay. And I wake up Christmas morning and I got a bass guitar under the tree. You know, I've got a, you know, a PV Fury bass guitar. It's, you know, that candy apple red with the, the white pick guard. Wow. And I got that with a, a combo amplifier with a nice 15-inch speakers, 100 watts, uh, a PV TNT 100, I think was the model number on that. And so we get that. We take it down to the basement. We plug it in. And, uh, you know, my dad picks this really straightforward song for me. It's Rock and Roll by Motorhead. And it's like that day, or that the way I remember it, it's like that day I learned how to play my first song, Rock and Roll by Motorhead. Wait a minute, so you wake up Christmas morning. 
Mm-hmm. You you tell you tell your you tell your dad or your parents that hey I I want this bass guitar so I can join Johnny's group or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the kid's name is, and they're like okay you wake up Christmas morning there's there's not some cheesy ass guitar there's a this is nice guitar with with an amp and everything like that you take it downstairs you plug it in and for the next few hours you proceed to learn how to play the bass guitar. Well, I, I learned how to play a, a very simple song, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's that's pretty good, though, man. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and uh, my dad picked a good song because that was a very, very simple song. And, okay. Uh, and it, it didn't take me long to kind of pick it up. And uh, it was um, it was so neat, you know, because we would play, like, the song over the stereo, and then I would play along with it. And, you know, just being able to do that, I just thought was the coolest thing in the world. That's amazing. So at this age, your fifth grade, uh, Christmas of your fifth grade year, do you, do you know who your dad was in regards to the music scene? Or does that come much later on for you? Like, I know you said you have recollection of, like, the studio and, and uh, practice and, and whatnot. But do you, like, have an inkling of who your dad was Mm because he wasn't just some schmuck of uh uh, in some garage band you know there was some legitimacy to his career oh yeah i mean i i uh i you know i saw the videos i uh i used to play his 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 albums on my play school turntable because he had albums no shit so yeah no i i knew i think he doesn't brag at all he doesn't really talk very much about it so you know the older i got the more and more stories i heard and, and the more and more things that blew me away but, uh, but yeah, but not, I, I always knew. Did you brag though? If he didn't like, did you tell your friends, Hey, well, my dad made like records and you know, he's in a music video and he knows things. Yeah, probably. I, I was a pretty braggy kid. Okay. So yeah, I probably did. I would be too, man. <laughs> That's unique. It's not like, Hey, my dad sells insurance. What does your dad do, Derek? He's a fucking, he's a rock star, baby. <laughs> but, oh, I, I thought my dad did everything, but that's a whole other story, and I don't want to tell his story for him. Right, right, right. Uh, so, so you get the, you learn how to play uh, rock and roll by Metalhead, Mo, Motorhead, not Metalhead. Um, so you join the band, I take it. So, well, before that, within a month, uh, his drum set's over at my house. And we kind of pieced together his drum set and my drum set to make one big drum set. And then, you know, he learned how to play the drums to rock and roll. I borrowed the camcorder from my uncle. You know, I paint my face like Gene Simmons from Kiss. He paints his face like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> and a video is made of us playing rock and roll with the face paint on. <laughs> He's the Ultimate Warrior. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you have the platform shoes or no? It just... you. Just, just the face paint. I had the face paint, and then like uh, I had like a like a black shirt on. Okay. Yeah. Dude, that is that is dope. Dude, that is so awesome. <laughs> okay, so you, this is this is. Uh, and, and God, I hope that video <laughs> did not survive. Oh my! I, I'm asking your mom the next time I see her. I have memories of video. I don't want to see that thing ever again. <laughs> I'm gonna post that. I'm gonna join Instagram just to post that on your Instagram. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Oh man, you're gonna have chicks coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> oh yeah. 
so so we go through and you know we, we play that song and uh, we, we we post the or we, we record that video and then nothing ever happens with the band ever again. It's the other guys just flake out. It's just him and me. And uh, I remember like once we went over to some guy's house to jam, and again like we went over to this guy's house to jam and like nothing happened. We just hung out and talked the entire time. Because I've heard that before. Like, I've heard that before. Like, because I don't know anybody. But like, you see that in movies. Hey, man, let's get together and jam. So what you're saying is most of the time jam sessions are just shooting the shit and nothing, no music is played. Yeah, what I've learned older is that you have to have a plan. You have to. Okay. Be, you have to be like, okay, I want to go over, and these are the five songs that I want to play, or you know, these are the ten songs that I know. Do you know any of them? No. Okay. So okay. I'm going to learn this song. You're going to learn that song. I'm going to learn this song. You're going to learn that song. If you go through and you do it like that, um, then it works. If you just, if I've, I at least a dozen times went someplace to jam up until I was high, in high school and it never worked. Okay. Like, like, you know, I go over to a guitar player's house. You knew how to play guitar. We go over to jam and I'd be like, Oh, I know this song. He's like, oh, I don't know that. I know this song. I'm like, I don't know that. And then like, Oh, Let's just make something up. Yeah, okay. So a guitar player would start like playing something, and I'd be like, I don't know what you're playing. I don't know what key you're, you're in. I don't know what the chord progression is. I don't know what you're doing whatsoever. And like, it never, ever worked out. And, and do you think, like, because I know you and I know your personality, you're like, shit's got to sound right. Do you, did you think you had that back then, and that's where you just you didn't want to just get together with a bunch of guys and them just strumming chords and you're strumming chords and none of it, and it could just sounds like complete shit? Like, it, do you think that that goes all the way back to then, or do you think it was just like, I have no idea what this guy is doing, so I don't care? Yeah, it, it, it's the latter. You know, but back then, I, I didn't okay. know what I was doing either. So, you know, I, okay. I just like, I, I think maybe it was that first memory, like, hey, I was with a drummer and we played a song. And, you know, and, and I, it, you know, it took me I don't know, five years maybe to, to recreate that experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you just didn't show up to the jam session and, you know, with your video and say, I made a music video, bitch. I'm Jing Simmons. Watch this. <laughs> no, that was just for fun. You know, I, I, I never okay. thought that was like a big deal thing. Okay. I got to find that video. No, uh, please don't. <laughs> a few months after I, I get the bass guitar, I start taking lessons at the local at the local music shop. Okay, and uh, had a good teacher. had a had a really good kind of you know baseline teacher that kind of taught me the fundamentals, and uh, which was good. Uh, you know, I learned how to read music first, uh, and then you know, later on, after I progressed with that, I learned how to how to read tab, which. Ever since tabs come out and that's a thing, I do not remember how to read music anymore at all. So, so wait a minute, you did you did know how to read music, but you don't now. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, big time. Okay. So I, I like like for somebody that doesn't know anything about music, like I look at sheet music and I'm like, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. So, so what you're saying is like you play music by ear and not by looking at the notes is that right no so so tab is kind of like the is the uh the dumb man's sheet music okay so you know you'll, you'll see a symbol on the on the page that means play an e and play a quarter note you know so so play a quarter note e is what it, it was what that symbol means okay while while uh tab basically just says 
it, it sh- tells you what string and what fret to play. So like it'll say, like on, on the lowest string, play open. So instead of looking at all these notes, you're looking at numbers on lines, and the, and the lines represent the strings on your, on your guitar. It's so much ah, easier. Okay. So much easier. Got it. And tab's kind of like taken over. Like, like whenever you're looking to like find a song online that you want to learn how to play, it's, all, it's either chord charts or tab. It's so much easier. Got it. Got it. So, you, so your music teacher uh, at the local music shop is who taught you how to read music back then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then after he kind of gave me the fundamentals, uh, it taught me a lot about blues. Uh, so I've, I'm kind of like a blues-based bass player. So I've, I've done a lot of blues jams and blues stuff. Uh, and it was a while in until actually uh, I learned my first song from him. And the uh, first song he taught me on bass was uh, Jimi Hendrix, Manic Depression. Oh, wow. Okay. Fun tune. Really fun tune. And then after that, I think the second thing I, I, I learned from him was uh, Metallica's Enter Sandman. Okay, so this is mid to late '90s, maybe. Uh, let me think. So this would be like junior, junior. Yeah, this would be no. This is early '90s. Oh, really? So Inner Sandman's been out that long? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So okay, so so middle middle schoolish time frame. '91. That 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 album came out '91. Yeah. <sighs> Shit, we're getting old. Yes, we are. That was almost 30 years ago. <laughs> yes, it was. Shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I won't. <laughs> All right, so it teaches you inner Sandman. So uh, that was it. <laughs> and uh, so here's another recurring theme that's going to come up for, during our conversation is looking back at it, I was so opinionated back then. No way. And I didn't know I was opinionated, but I was opinionated. Now that I'm older, I kind of figured out that I'm opinionated. <laughs> you don't say. But like I see the roots of it in my youth. <laughs> so like I remember him him trying to teach me how to how to slap and pop on the bass guitar. And I wanted nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. Because I'm like, what? I'm not going to play disco. I don't listen to disco. I don't play disco. I'm not going to slap and pop. I'm like, I, I do blues and heavy metal. That's it. No slapping or popping. So did you feel like at that point in your life, you felt like slapping and popping was beneath you? It, it, it's different. It's just something different that I did not do. Oh, so, okay. So back then, uh, by the way, uh, heavy metal kid, loved Kiss, loved Motorhead. Both those bass players played uh, with a pick, so I played with a pick as well. Got it, got so it, So didn't it. play with fingers and, you know, slapping, it's just no one outside of, like, disco or funk slapped and popped. And I, I just, I was not into that music whatsoever. 
I had in my head that I would never, ever be into that music. So I, I thought it'd be a waste of time to learn it. So you're like, this is not Sly and the Family Stone. Exactly. Okay. I am not Larry Graham. This is not Graham Central St- Station. You know, I, I'm not into this. Got it. Okay, cool. I understand that, though. So, <laughs> and then in fact, because, um, you know, I, I, I knew kind of what I was doing on bass, pl- bass playing. I wanted to take it to the next level. So I decided to join the, like, the jazz band in my junior high. I think it was like seventh grade, maybe sixth grade. Okay. So, so we go in and we get like this, uh, you know, this piece of music for a audition. And I look at it, it's the most complicated thing I've ever played. I think it's called like Ladybird or something like that. And back then, you know, there is no Spotify, there is no internet. I've never heard this song. I have no way of hearing this song. So I have to learn how to play this song that I've never heard. Which is something that was new to me. So you have no idea. You have no idea what. Yeah, it's and, I, and I'm I'm going through the music. And I'm like, I think I'm playing this right, but you know, it's a jazzy tune. You know, it's like doom 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 boom. I'm like, I don't know if this is right or not. You know, it's 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 kind of like there's no clean chorus, there's no clean verse. It's just moving all over the place. There's no hook, basically. Ah, okay. But I go through and I learn the song, and then uh, you know I go to my my auditions for jazz band, and I go through with my pick and my you know and my bass and my amplifier, and I go through and I play this piece, and uh, the instructor goes goes oh yeah good, but uh, here give me your bass, so I hand him my bass and he plays he's like he's like he's like I want you to play with your fingers, and I want you to play with like more soul and style, and I want you to do something more like this so it swings more like this. So you know, he grabs my bass and he starts playing. Boom, doom, 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 and it's definitely different than the way I play. And he's playing with his fingers instead of a pick. It sounds exactly the same to me. I'll try harder next time. It was pretty close, but there were like there was a feel thing to it. Okay, okay. And then he's like, "Yeah, so I want you to play with your fingers going forward." And externally, you know, this is kind of like things that happen with you. Externally, I said, "Okay." Internally, I went, screw you. I don't play with my fingers. I play with a pick. That's my style. I'm not doing that. That's my style. Never went back to jazz band. Are you serious? That was it? That was it. Oh, my gosh. Like, I passed the audition. Got I I was auditioning against one other guy. The other guy had only only been playing bass for a few months. So I had, like, the first seat spot. I'm like, nope, not doing it. Wow. So you went one time, he told you to use your your fingers instead of a pick, and you were like, no, bitch. (laughs) Opinionated. Very, very opinionated. Wow. Okay. Man. Okay. So so I got to ask this question. You come home, and how's that conversation with your parents? Because I know your parents, your parents are very supportive. Mm-hmm. And like, how does this conversation go where you're like, I quit jazz band because that dipshit told me to use my fingers? I, you know, I have no recollection of it. So they're probably like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so they're probably like, yeah. I get they're in their head. They're probably like, I figured that would happen, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think they had any, any expectations of it. So who knows? Okay, okay, that's good. So at this point in time, uh, so this is early '90s. And, you know, I'm, I'm a heavy metal bass player, I like heavy metal. 
And like back then, you had to buy music books and you had to buy tab books because there was no internet to go online and download sheet music for or tab for. Right, right. So I would like, you know, get the money to buy like these tab books and like, you know, get like these like songs that I really liked, like, uh, you know, like tab books that had like, you know, Judas Priest breaking the law or, or, you know, something by, by Van Halen or, you know, so, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, Warrant and Rat and Poison, all those guys. And, you know, what we have to remember is that the late 80s, bass playing sucked. It was a hard, hard, boring time for bass players and heavy metal at that time. Because, like, every bass line was either boom, 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 boom. Like, just, just that. Or the, the, the more technical ones were boom, 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 boom. It was boring. Like these guitar players were playing these really cool guitar riffs and, you know, like these really like, you know, iconic, you know, guitar, you know, uh, pieces. And the bass player would just be in the background going bum, 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 bum. And it was so boring. And I thought that was it. But as a bass player, that's all you do. And I got, I got, I got bored with the instrument. Mm. Okay. And this was, so when you got bored with the instrument, you were... Is this still 7th, 8th grade, or is this later on than that? I think it's right around then, 7th, 8th grade, yeah. Okay. And now, now let me ask you this. This is about the time, if I recollect correctly, this is about the time that, like, the grunge scene started coming, right? Wasn't quite there yet. That was a couple years away. Okay, that, so that was a couple years away. Um, I don't want to jump to you know fast forward but i was curious to know if like there was any of that that creeped into what you were doing it was still it was still uh hair, hair metal now what is hair metal that's like that's motley crew poison uh warrants uh you know, leopard definitely yeah the, the guys with the big poofy hair you know the, you know the, the glam rocker and uh, uh, hair metal guys got it got it got it got it Guns N' Roses considered hair metal? Uh, I would say no. Okay. Fair enough. What about Skid Row? Sorry, this is all, like... Uh, absolutely. Off topic. Absolutely. Okay, okay. That song, 18 in Life? Oh, man, that was my jam. The- you know they used to tour with Pantera? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Pantera was an opener for them back in the day. It's funny how things change. Wow. Holy smoke. They had a good run, right? Skid Row for a couple years? I thought they were like, they were like one album wonders. Oh, maybe it was. And, and I mean, Sebastian Bach's been playing Phantom of the Opera on Broadway like ever since. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy crap. Sebastian Bach, that was his name. Yep. My cousin, she loved Sebastian Bach back Hell then. Yeah, yeah. He's aged pretty well, too. I, I've seen him in the last few years on TV. He looks good still. No, you say he plays Phantom of the Opera. Does he play the Phantom, or does he just do the music? No, oh, the Phantom, yeah. No shit. Yeah, he, he, he was wow. the real deal. He, he's, he's got a real voice. Got it. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, Glam Rock, seven, seventh, eighth grade, you're like... I, I can't do this just like the strum of the doom, 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 doom. I can't do that. So you're like, I'm going to set the bass down? Yeah, basically. 
Okay. So we fast forward a little bit, and then uh, it's around 93. So I'm like a freshman, I think, in high school, maybe in eighth, maybe I'm in eighth grade, one or the other. And okay. I used to stay up late on, I think it was Saturday nights, and watch, uh, what do they call it, Headbangers Ball on MTV. No, I was just going to say, I always changed the channel when that came on at like 11 o'clock at night. Yes, it was 11 o'clock at night it came on, and I would stay up late. And sometimes I'd get a VHS and record it because I'd always fall asleep during it. But they used to do a top 10 at the beginning of the show, uh, like top 10 like videos of that time. And, yep. the, <laughs> and this song premiered uh, that I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. This is bizarre. This isn't even heavy metal. Why is this on the show? And that was Primus's song, um, Mr. Crinkle. I'm like, what is with this? And uh, so I kind of noticed it, and then I'm like, weird, don't like it, put it on my mind. And then like a month later, I'm at the music store, and there it is, that Primus album. And I don't know why, but I decided to go and buy it. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a chance, because I, I, that's what you did back then, you bought music. Yeah, abso- absolutely, yeah. And uh, so I went home, I, I gave the, the album a play from front to end, Got done. I was like, weird. Don't know why I bought this. Threw it on the shelf. Okay. Didn't listen to that album for like three months. And then finally, like three months later, I'm like, for some strange reason again, I don't know if it's fate or what, I go through and I throw that album on and I play it again. And then this time I'm like, oh, oh, this man's an incredible bass player. Ah. This man's an absolute, I'm like, this isn't metal in my opinion, but this man is an incredible bass player. I've never heard this. How is he doing this? And then I become like the biggest Primus fan in the world at that point. Interesting. So, so you got this album from the record store that you had heard on, you know, a snippet of it or whatever it was on Headbangers Ball. You didn't think much of it. You see the album in the record store. You're like, eh, I'll get it. Whatever. You listen. You listen to it and you're like, I don't like it, whatever. You sit on a shelf for three months, you go back to it, and then it like clicks with you. Yeah, and this happens one other time in my life, so make note of that. Make note, got it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I become like the biggest like Primus fan. I've tried to learn everything I can about them. I'm trying to, you know, buy them the magazines that they show up in, you know, like Kerrang! and Hit, Hit Parade and all that. And at the same time, the lead bass player, or the, <laughs> the band leader, Les Claypool, he, in that album, he plays a six-string fretless bass. I had never heard of such a thing before. I thought all basses were four strings. I thought all basses had frets. I'd never even seen. I, thought, I think maybe I saw a five-string bass once, and that was it. So I decide, well, he plays a six-string fretless. I have no idea what that's like. So I need, to, uh, I need a six-string fretless. I thought there was no way of possibly like buying that in the store. If it would, it'd be ridiculously expensive. But there was this company out of um, Washington, like Seattle area, that you can basically buy the components to build your own instruments from scratch. So I'm like, huh, I'll do that. So I bought the kit to basically make and build a six-string fretless bass. Now, how much does a kit like that run in 93? Uh, it was somewhere between 800 and 1200 dollars. Jeez, that's a lot of freaking bar mitzvah money, Derek. 
Oh, well, by that time, I, I started working at uh, McDonald's when I was a sophomore in high school. So mo at, at this uh, time, I believe this is all coming okay. out, of my, out of my pocket. Got it. Okay. All right. That's that's good to know. It's not, yeah. That's good to know. You're not breaking open a piggy bank or <laughs> taking to taking tooth fairy money to buy a a base kit or nagging or nagging my parents. Yeah. No, I, I believe I paid for that on, on my own, or maybe they helped me and we did fifty fifty. I don't quite remember. Do you remember if like you looked at the price and you were like, "Holy crap, that's a lot of money." Or were you just like, this is what I want? You know, so it, the way it was, was you went through and you picked out everything. You specified exactly what you want. So I got the base I wanted made out, out of the wood I wanted, the pickups that I wanted, the bridge that I wanted, the the tuning pegs that I wanted, absolutely every single thing I knew I, I got, I, I had to pick. Like I had to learn like what, what the difference was and, you know, what what's a good material for a fretboard board to be made out of. And I didn't know any of this stuff and I had to learn it. So from the get-go, I knew that this was something special, that I was building something that was, you know, a custom one-of-a-kind thing. Now, how did you learn that, though? Because, again, this is still pre-internet age. Yeah, my dad was a good resource, was a really good resource on that. Okay. And But but basically, like, in their, like, they, they, like they shipped you, again, I couldn't, I couldn't even go to their website. I found them in, like, in a Guitar World magazine, so I, I wrote off to get a, ca a catalog from them. And the catalog did, like, a little tutorial kind of explaining stuff to you. So I had to kind of read every single word in this catalog to learn how to order this guitar, basically. Wow. That's a lot of effort, man, for, for a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, granted, like, the body's cut for you. It's sanded for you. So really what you're doing is, you, you, you know, you got to paint it or finish it, whatever you want to do. And then after that, it's a lot of drill and screwdriver work after that, basically. So... Ah, uh, okay. Not too bad. Uh, you know, and again, that was like my first home project. Like, I I taken woods in high school for one semester, and I was I I could do it, but my stuff was not great. Okay. Uh, so you know that that, that project, it's uh, yeah, I could have done it better. You know, I I still have that base to this day, and I look at it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I made a lot of you know beginner mistakes. Now, but when you finished this base, though, like, was there a sense of pride, like, hells to the yeah? There was a sense of hell to it, actually, because we went through, and the last thing we did had to do was wire up the pickups. So I, I went through, and I tried to wire up my pickups, could not get it to work. Went over to my friend's house, who supposedly knew about electronics, he went through to try to wire up pickups, would not work. And then I was getting frustrated, my dad was getting frustrated, because he was helping me with this when I needed help. And he's looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. It seemed like it took months to get those pickups working. Wow. And the pickups were, were pretty expensive. You know, I mean, that was a big deal. And finally, we figured it out. It's it, like there was a, there's like a wiring harness that plugged into the pickup. Well, that harness you could put on either way. And it was, a, it was put on backwards the entire time. And we didn't notice it. Oh, my gosh. How did, how did you feel when you, when you realized that that was the case? I, I'm like, I was shocked. And, 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 you know, the fact that that, that harness was not keyed so, you, so that you could put it on either way was not a good design on the manufacturer's side. True. Did, so did you, like, go Derek and, like, write them a letter and say, you know what, <laughs> I give you two stars, bitches? <laughs> no, nah, nothing like that. Uh, I remember I, 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 had, I actually I wanted to do a different wiring configuration on that base than what was their standard configuration. So I actually had to call the comp company's tech support, and they had to they email me the schematic, and, or not email, but they had to mail me the schematic and the wiring diagram to do it. Wow. 
So and all this is done like snail mail, so yeah, weeks at a time. Uh, you know, maybe a week at a time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. The company was pretty responsive. So yeah. So then after that, you know, I I have my uh, my six string fretless bass, and I, I I begin the journey of learning how to you know play that monster. And that is part one of Derek Joins a Band. We started as me as a preschooler and got up to me as a sophomore in high school. So not a bad start. Part two will be coming up and we'll actually start talking about me actually in bands. You know, (laughs) something more than me just jamming with guys and doing like, you know, the one hangout session and then we're done type thing. So part two is a lot more interesting in that respect. Uh, Oh, by the way... (laughs) I have not heard the song Lady Bird since I auditioned it for a jazz band back in junior high, seventh grade, whatever it was. So I had to go digging, and I found a version of a guy playing Lady Bird on bass, and that's what we're hearing in the background right now. I think my version of it that I said earlier in the podcast is pretty accurate. I mean, it's something like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I'm just guessing. And you know what? The version I heard online, he is not playing with a pick. So not my thing was not going to do it. So next time, part two, we'll be talking about bands. We'll be talking about (laughs) how me being opinionated kind of got me into a corner. We'll be talking about how I completely changed directions. We'll talk about me getting more involved in songwriting and studio work and all that kind of uh, fun stuff that's really kind of dictated what I do today. So it should be a good time. And yes, I will have some crazy band stories that uh, I'm pretty sure Nick will enjoy. (laughs) We'll see. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.